Welcome to the Photography Opinion Podcast. We discuss all things photo, video, and camera related. I'm Ben Lucas. And I'm Stuart Marlantis. And this is Photo Op. Hello, podcast listeners. This is Photo Op Podcast, and we are on episode 30. This is very exciting, which means we've been doing this for quite some time now. Uh, So we wanted to bring you something that was new and relevant and newsworthy, because I know you're not tired of news and current events just yet. (laughs) So uh, a couple of cool cameras, or dumb cameras, depending on your perspective, uh, went across my dash. So... Let's talk about that instead of literally anything else. <laughs> yep. New Weird Cameras is the show today. So, uh, yeah, let's get to it. What did you find? So, uh, I found two different cameras. One was made by Canon. Um, this is the first one that popped up a, a couple weeks ago. It is the Canon PowerShot Zoom. It basically looks like a monocular, which is half a binocular, and it's a camera, essentially. So... Um, this is a very weird and niche thing, and I thought it was interesting, but I didn't really feel like dedicating a whole episode to it until this week I saw another weird camera c- come across my feed, and it was made by Zeiss. It is the Zeiss ZX1. So this is a Zeiss cam- point-and-shoot camera, um, except that it runs on Android, and it has Lightroom built into the camera body. So what what do you think about these Two weird cameras. Uh, well, let's start with the PowerShot Zoom. Um, I actually kind of like it. Like, I'm not sure I would buy it, but I could see the appeal. Um, I think the still the biggest thing um, that we can't get over in smartphone photography in the mainstream is Zoom. Like, people still need and or want Zoom. And uh, just optically, it's not an easy problem to solve. I know they're working on, you know, like Periscope optics and stuff to put in thin camera bodies but it's just really hard to get a good long range zoom out of something the thickness of a phone and um this i think is really interesting because it it solves that problem i mean granted it's another device but it solves that problem and it seems pretty small and pretty interesting from an optical perspective it says uh, it goes from uh 100 to 400 um in uh, 100, 400 millimeters and 35 uh, millimeter equivalent terms, which is cool. The I think the big downside... Oh, and it's also optically stabilized, which is awesome because you'd need it for that kind of zoom. Um, I Definitely. think the downside is the sensor. It's just a super small sensor. It doesn't do 4K video, which could give you some extra, extra use in something this size. Um, and the battery life kind of sucks. It's like barely over an hour, it looks like, for, for both... Um, just using it as a stills camera, but as, as a video camera as well. So I don't know. I kind of dig it, but I think it needs like a revision too with a better sensor. Um, and this could be kind of an interesting companion to like a GoPro potentially um, with those kind of uh, smaller camera uses. Yeah. I mean, this one feels like, oh, there is a user in mind. Mm-hmm. I'm not that user, and that's okay, but at least they had someone in mind. Um, So that's why I was like, oh, this is interesting. I'll kind of just kick that around. But the one that came out this week, the Zeiss point-and-shoot camera that has Lightroom built in. 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, this one feels like they had no users in mind. No. Um, I I know that a lot more photography is getting, um, you know, into the phone photography type stuff. Mm-hmm. And when you shoot something on your phone, you have those things built in because you have Lightroom or Snapseed or whatever other editor of choice. And then you can shoot it. You can edit it and you can upload it all from the same device. So I think that's where they were going with this, except, hey, why don't we just do better? Um, But it kind of reminded me of a failed camera from eons ago. Do you remember the Lytro? Oh, yeah. I remember the Lytro. That little rectangle, basically, of a camera. Or at least the first one was. (laughs) So so for those of you who aren't familiar, uh, Lytro, L-Y-T-R-O. I think I spelled that one right. Um, The Lytro was uh, a camera that looked like a tube of lipstick. And Mm -hmm. the special thing about this camera is it used a different way of, like, sensing the field. So it it used a sensor light field rather than a plain sensor. Mm -hmm. So you could change your focus later in post. Which, hey, cool, interesting. Mm -hmm. And so that came out 2011, 2012, something like that. And I remember having a discussion about this where I told people, this is really cool. It's an interesting piece of tech. It's a very useless camera that will see no market. And Mm -hmm. people are like, oh, why are you being such a hater? This is super cool. I'm like, okay, prove me wrong. What can you legitimately do like in the field with this piece of tech. And then several years later, the company went under 2015. The company went under because no one wanted it and Mm -hmm. no one could figure out what to do with this cool piece of tech. So I kind of feel like with the Lightroom built in thing of like, um, there's also those cameras, um, that, that would like plug into your phone, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. Um, I think you found one of those. Yeah, the, the DxO one was a particularly notable example um, where they tried to build uh, uh, an external larger sensor, um, you know, bigger uh, glass elements to allow for, for more zoom and stuff. They built this thing in that you could plug into the side of your iPhone or iPad and turn it into a better camera in theory. And yeah, it was kind of a neat idea. Um it was pretty much eliminated because just phone optics got better. Phones and better got better, and, yeah. Yeah, it just it just totally ruined their market. Um, and from my understanding, I never owned one, but to my understanding, the performance was really slow and uh, not not terribly uh, usable. Like just to get it going, like if you wanted to snap a picture, I mean, the the greatest thing I think about you know phone cameras is you can just pull out of your pocket, snap a picture really quick. With the DxO1, you had to pull your phone out of your pocket. You had to connect this thing. You had to wait for the software to sync. You had to get everything kind of in the right in the right configuration and then wait for the lag and then finally shoot the picture. And I think that, over anything, probably just killed it entirely. So Yeah, yeah. so this Zeiss camera, I feel like the only type of person who would want it is the type of person who's, like, a collector or the yeah. type of person who loves shooting with, like, the Fuji stuff or... We talk about this type of person a lot, the retired doctor Mm -hmm. who just has too much money to burn because what you're basically doing is getting something that is a lot worse on the software side, but slightly better on the camera side where Mm -hmm. phones are going to catch up. And it seems like phones have kind of topped out at like a grand. Not that I've ever spent that much on a phone, but you can get like the top line iPhone for, you know, about about a thousand dollars. Actually more now. It's like thirteen hundred or something. Is it? Yeah, okay. it's crazy. 
but yeah. this this camera is six thousand dollars. <laughs> Uh, uh, no, no. <laughs> and and you know, like, I I can guarantee basically that the Android hardware in this is going to be multiple years old, super laggy, super terrible. I just don't see most most modern cameras now, even DSLRs, have pretty decent phone transfer capabilities. Like, if you're buying a new camera, buy a new good camera and just use its built-in capability to transfer it to your phone or tablet if you really want to edit in Lightroom in a Lightroom mobile. Like I don't this just seems like such a half-baked idea. The camera doesn't seem good enough. The I mean it's better than a phone camera, I'm sure, but it just doesn't seem good enough for the huge amount of cost and the guaranteed terrible android performance that you're going to get in this i mean maybe i'm wrong but there has been but stuff probably like, not probably not there's been stuff like this before where they've tried to do android uh, uh integrated into cameras but i don't think anybody nearly as serious as zeiss has taken a stab at it and it has always been bad it's always been better to just get dedicated hardware for each use um so yeah it's like the all-in-one so <laughs> fax scanner printer. Exactly. <laughs> it does all three terribly. Yeah. The only thing that I could say is legitimately cool about this is that it has a half a terabyte SSD built into it, assuming it's a real SSD. That's nice. Um, that's To get 512 gigs in a phone is really expensive, um, assuming it's a phone that doesn't allow you to add uh, micro SD cards. Um, so that's cool. But that's like the only thing that I think is nice about it. <laughs> well, at 40 megapixel raw and 4K video, like you kind of need it. Yeah, you need it. You need it. So it's nice that they didn't they didn't uh, give you, you know, like 32 or 64 gig, you know, some insultingly low number and then charge you for for uh proprietary essentially proprietary micro sd cards or proprietary ssds that all proprietary storage mediums are just so bad in general um they have killed multiple products uh so at least they're not doing that that's the one good thing i can say about (laughs) it uh yeah Yeah. so these these kind of weird interesting cameras they popped across my desk and the first thing that i think is like huh that's interesting the Mm -hmm. second thing i think is that's kind of useless why would anyone want to buy this and then i see the price tag i'm like i'm definitely not buying it um but i i think i think some of these cameras are more interesting in the fact of like this product will not sell. This product will not do anything, but this product will inspire another product that will make mm-hmm. it kind of cool. Like when iPods came onto the scene, they weren't the first MP3 player, but they're the mm-hmm. first people to like find a unique and interesting thing about it and do it really well. Yeah. Like I remember yeah. my MP3 player was a user interface nightmare back in mm-hmm. the day. Um, and then I Apple came around and like fixed it. So I think maybe this camera is not the camera, but maybe it's like a stepping stone to integrating cool type of stuff in, I don't know, maybe, maybe not. Yeah. Uh, the the thing that I think is still intriguing to me is integrating more, integrating phone or cameras into phones instead of phones into cameras, if that makes any sense. Like, oh, um, yeah. there have been a couple, you know, different 
half-hearted attempts at putting better camera hardware in phones. It's primarily a phone, but you can add another camera to it or it has modules. Um, what was the one that had like plates. 18 lenses or whatever in the front? Oh, yeah. Okay. So that was the the Light L16. Um, that was really strange. Uh, basically, it had a whole bunch of... They were just phone sensors. They were smartphone sensors at the, end of, at the end of the day on the back of it in this huge array with different zoom levels and slightly different sizes so they and were resolutions. all fixed lenses so yeah, that way fixed. you could mm-hmm. you could still get it into a phone but they yeah. had a wide angle one and a, and a medium one and a super telephoto one and like all different mm-hmm. levels um so you could shoot 3d because i think there were two that were next to each other that were the same yeah. but then you could also get all the different levels just by like switching the sensor that you're shooting from mm-hmm. and this felt like a very strange weird gimmicky and the first thing i thought of is great now i have to protect 16 lenses from from getting yeah. scratched yeah I, we're, we're almost heading back there now you look at like new <laughs> new phones and they have like four or five different sensors there's these huge arrays now on the back of of phones i feel like we are approaching the light l16 again but just took a few more years to do um but yeah they they it was a uh, again an interesting idea they did this uh funky like processing thing where you could make really large high resolution images by combining a bunch of the different sensors together um ultimately from what i understand again i didn't buy one they were really really expensive for what it was uh, at the time in my opinion um it, it just didn't it just didn't perform like if it had performed how they marketed it then it might have actually had um um, I might have actually had some fans. Uh, it might have been able to be sustained, but the performance just wasn't there, um, and a lot of their like stitching and stuff just wasn't very good. So it it got closer. I feel like to a real useful thing, or at least um, a, a platform that they could sell to smartphone manufacturers. I think that's really what they were going for at the end of the day. Is this the the camera itself was just a hey, this is what we can do hire us to build the camera arrays for your phone and it just didn't perform well enough for people to bother they were i feel a little bit bad for them they seem more like they were ahead of their time than they were really you know totally off in left field it just was a little too early i think because a lot of that stuff is is still happening today is being built into phones today um it was just a little too early yeah like like kind of with the litro thing of Mm -hmm. that was kind of off the mark versus too early of are there times that i wish i could change the focus yes absolutely Mm -hmm. that would be incredible when it focuses on the nose and i want it on the eye and just being able to shift that a little bit that would be amazing but i don't want the camera to be able to supersede every other function and quality mark just so i can have that yeah, a hundred percent. Even with the Illum, which was like their kind of DSLR attempt, uh, the resolution was still so bad. Um, I, I mean that it. I realize the technology in it is is from a technological standpoint really interesting and cool and something different, like these whole micro lens arrays. Oh um, yeah, when I first started talking really about neat. it, I was telling yeah. people like, "Prove me wrong." Yeah, I'm very excited to see where this goes, and everyone called me a hater, and then it didn't go anywhere. I'm like, yeah, no one proved like, me wrong. Like. Te- technologically if you could take a canon or a sony or an icon or you know an existing dslr and add one of these micro lens arrays and not lose on any of the quality or features of a dslr 
cool that would be interesting but obviously you can't you can't do that like the tech doesn't really cross uh, pollinate yeah. but not if you yet, could anyway. do that i'd be interested um but right now it's like uh, not yet well, anyway. and they failed so i mean there's still a german company i found that's making um these type of cameras but for like scientific and research purposes so they have a market that is known that they're catering specifically to but as far as a a you know open public product for these kind of light field cameras um well my um my my panasonic camera that i just bought does something fake like that where you can take a photo Mm -hmm. but what it actually does is it takes like 30 photos and it racks the focus as it's taking them Mm -hmm. and then you can switch between them by choosing your focal point which you tap on the thing and it'll basically rack the focus to whatever that photo was in the set and you can export that so Mm -hmm. that's kind of a like okay i see where we're i see where we're going here the only problem with that is uh good luck shooting like a skateboarder or a wedding or kids yeah (laughs) with with like sufficiently fast exposures you could probably do this in software with more traditional uh technology but you'd have to like obviously you run into issues there with exposures being way too quick and not good enough so um or the subject moving as the exposures are happening yeah Yeah. unless the exposures are all at like you know a a ten thousandth of a second or something um so yeah it's it's uh it's an interesting idea it just didn't pan out unfortunately but uh yeah yeah so so that's basically our episode today we're just bringing you some new and interesting news so i hope this news is better than all the other news in your news feed this week (laughs) um so something interesting happening in the world of cameras maybe don't go somewhere maybe it won't uh do you want to buy one of these uh absurdly expensive monstrosities or um what kind of cool things do you wish could be added to your dslr like you know because it'll probably happen so leave a comment with uh what what feature that is completely random and crazy like adding lightroom directly into the back of your camera Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, what feature do you wish your camera had uh leave a comment and uh yeah love to hear it yeah or or heck if you if you have any uh cool weird cameras that you like or have coveted in the past um and you want to share that we would love to hear them um because there's lots of there's been a lot of attempts over the years at something different uh nothing's really caught on but there's been a lot of attempts so if you've got something that you would that you really enjoyed or thought was cool then uh definitely uh, share that with us as well we'd love to see that kind of stuff so thank you guys so much for listening and we will come back at you next week with something uh new and interesting and hopefully topical so uh thanks so much and we'll see you then see you next time if you have questions or ideas for future episodes, you can email us at hello at photo-op.show. Watch us on Ben's YouTube channel at non-creative. As in om nom nom. Share this with a friend and you can listen to Photo Op anywhere podcasts are sold. Or downloaded. Because it's free.